And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Welcome back to the Iowa Caucus Project Podcast. As always, I'm your host, John Hurl, and I'm very excited to share with you episode number 11 of the podcast. This week, we have a featured interview with CNN reporter DJ Judd, and Mallory McQueen is the featured member on the Meet the Member section of the show. And as always, we give you the calendar of events. Of course, the goal of this podcast and the goal of the Iowa Caucus Project is to share the stories from the Iowa caucuses, from the viewpoint of Drake University students and of Iowans. So without further ado, uh, here's DJ Judd. DJ Judd is a video producer covering the 2020 presidential election for CNN, and he focuses primarily now on Pete Buttigieg's Iowa campaign. Uh, Judd joined the CNN political unit to cover the 2018 midterm elections. He previously served as a desk editor for politics on the news gathering team for CNN's Washington News Desk. Before CNN, Judd spent five years at CBS News, where he covered the 2016 presidential election with the CBS political unit and worked as a researcher for the CBS Evening News with Scott Pelley. Born and raised in New York, New York, Judd attended Princeton University in New Jersey, where he studied American politics and environmental studies. He is conversational in Mandarin Chinese and volunteered for the Beijing Volunteer Association during the 2008 Olympic Games in Beijing, China. DJ, thank you so much for agreeing to be here. Thanks for having me, John. Fluent in Mandarin Chinese. Nobody on the show has has been able to say that yet. I think I believe my uh, bio said proficient, and uh, (laughs) it it is getting less and less proficient by the day. You probably don't (laughs) have the opportunity to practice much uh, when you're in Iowa. You'd be surprised. There's actually quite a few Mandarin speakers, but... um, I still don't practice quite as much as I should. Well, let's kind of start off. So take me back to when CNN assigned you uh, to this assignment covering the 2020 uh, caucuses in Iowa. Can you kind of give me what was your initial reaction when you heard that? And what were your preconceived notions about the state before you came here and covered it? Well, so I came here a little bit in 2016 when I was working for CBS. We held a debate actually on campus at Drake, like everyone, at Cheslow Auditorium. Um, And, you know, for any... Uh, reporter hoping to cover a presidential election, Iowa is sort of the best assignment you can ask for. So when I applied to be a campaign embed, because we are these embedded reporters, we embed in campaigns or in early states to cover it, I had initially applied to be the Iowa embed. I had a close friend who did it in 2016, Betsy Klein. I had another close friend who did it for CBS, Kylie Atwood. And I knew that as with any election year, the, the best story and sort of the most consistent story is in Iowa. So when I applied for the job, I applied specifically to be the Iowa embed, and I was lucky enough to get it. Yeah, and there was kind of some concern before this caucus cycle, the 2020 caucuses, that Iowa's role may be diminished a little bit because of uh, what the DNC was doing on a national level. Uh, But it seems like Iowa is just as important as ever. Can you kind of talk about that and your experience with covering Iowa in in 2020? You know, I mean, my my experience is pretty limited just because this is the first cycle that I've covered from Iowa. But Every year they talk about how this cycle will be different or how this might change or how other states may be more prominent. But I think what we found is, you know, it's just muscle memory for a lot of these campaigns. It all comes back to Iowa. Um, And part of that is because there's just this infrastructure here. There is this vetting, excuse me, this vetting apparatus in Iowa um, that candidates find themselves drawn to. And the other thing is, it remains first, you know. Um, we talk about how New Hampshire is the first in the nation primary, but Iowa is the first 
in the nation to cast their votes. Um, and uh, barring any change to that structure, it will continue, to, I think, to be the most important. So so we've talked uh, with Caroline Cummings on the show before, and I know you guys are friends. Good friend. <laughs> so talk to me about the relationship between the national media and the local media when it comes to covering the caucuses. What insight and advice and information have you gotten from local journalists that has helped you bring a better story to the national audience? Well, yeah, I mean, first of all, kudos to local journalists who've been covering the Iowa caucuses longer than any of us carpetbaggers have. Um, the campaign embeds who've moved to Iowa really owe a debt of gratitude to not just Caroline Cummings, but also Kay Henderson, Clay Masters, Brian Fannin, still like a number of these reporters who've been covering the caucuses. And while we've been parachuting in and out and eventually moving here full time, these are people who have been sort of covering this beat for a very long time and are just pros at it. Um, that said, you know, we, we're we here for our outlets and they're here for theirs. Um, so every once in a while, um, You'll see a national outlet land a story, but these local reporters really are just, they, they come at it with experience, with context, and with um, sort of the idea that this is their story, this is the story of their state, um, and they're, the, they're just excellent at it. So I think good journalism in general begets good journalism. So when the Des Moines Register breaks a story, that makes CNN a better journalism outlet because we're pursuing that same story too. And... You know, when Iowa Public Radio breaks a, gets a really good interview, CNN is better for it. Um, so that, to me, is the relationship. It's sort of the, like, shine theory where everyone shines a little brighter because of the hard work that we're all putting in to cover the same story, which is the Iowa caucuses. Uh, and I'm curious, you're now focusing primarily on Mayor Pete's campaign across Iowa. And I, I wonder, so since you started covering that campaign, has it been harder to be objective? Has it been harder to be critical of Mayor Pete's campaign because you know that you're going to have to see him and you're going to have to see his staff every single day? Is Does it make it harder to tell that story? No. No, it doesn't. Um, No. You know what? Because uh, as with any story, the more time you spend with it, the better you get to know it. But as journalists, that's sort of what we do. I mean, people who cover this White House don't become less critical of it as they cover it. People, you know, you hold yourself to the same standard and you have to remind yourself that you are covering it as a story. You know, you may have a friendly relationship with a lot of these staffers and sometimes with a lot of these candidates, but that doesn't mean you're friends. This is a job and the best job you can do sometimes involves being critical. And you're always going to be critical. You're always going to be um, analytical, but you have to be objective. So do you have, this is kind of a more fun question, do you have a favorite memory that you've seen with uh, Mayor Pete or an interaction that you think uh, really sums up his campaign and the way that he's campaigning across Iowa? Um, in terms of how he's campaigning across Iowa, I'd say, you know, Mayor Pete Buttigieg's trip to the Iowa State Fair really was one for the books. I mean, um, I don't know that I've and I covered a few different candidates at the state fair this year, but I don't think I've ever seen someone tear into a pork chop so joyfully as Mayor Pete Buttigieg. I mean, you talk about these candidates and there's sort of always this idea of like, oh, be careful about what you're eating. You don't necessarily want to get like on the cover of the Des Moines Register chowing down on a corn dog. But we've got Mayor Pete Buttigieg eating just about everything in sight. Um, and it's sort of it was a, an enjoyable, if kind of exhausting ex experience to follow. <laughs> But just because you're seeing someone enjoy campaigning, you know, the grin and grip can be exhausting. Don't get me wrong. And to see someone 
at least appear like they're enjoying it was kind of an interesting experience. I mean, I had fun at the state fair, so to see a presidential candidate have fun at the state fair was a bit refreshing. You know, it's a job for these people. It's a job for me. But sometimes you get to have fun. What did, what did you eat at the state fair personally? What was your favorite item? I really liked the pork belly on a stick personally. Um, I had Cajun cheese on a stick. That was a bit of a an ambitious uh, delicacy that I went for. I I think the uh, the uh, what was it the um, apple egg rolls were pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, those were my three favorite. I would say. Uh, were you there the entire time, or were you there just? Uh, I was there three, for a few days? different candidates. Okay. So I was there. I think over the entire fair, five full days, and they were full days. Yeah, yeah. So uh, now talk to me about the steak fry and the Liberty and Justice Celebration dinner. I know you covered both of those events. In your opinion, uh, which one did you like more? Which experience were, were you more about? Um, you know, they were both such different experiences. One was like this outdoor sort of festival atmosphere. That's obviously the steak fry. You had these candidates sort of holding their pre-rallies and this outdoor sort of celebration. And then the LNJ dinner was a lot more like an arena show almost. I mean, I've seen Taylor Swift in concert and that was reminiscent. <laughs> um, you know, they're both really interesting. I don't know if one was more fun to cover than the other. Um, they just were different sort of benchmarks on this Iowa caucus experience. Um, and it was also different phases of each campaign you know steak fry you sort of felt like was a lot of these candidates opportunity to introduce themselves lnj dinner was sort of them flexing their muscle um so i don't think of them as all that separate really they're sort of well paired together and that also with the wing ding i think as well um they sort of offer a totality of an iowa campaign it's suddenly this is what we have this is our organization on the ground these are our campaigns. So uh, favorite or most memorable Iowa town that you've been to? Hmm. I mean, that's a tough question just because there are so many. I really Imagine they run together at some point. Well, no, but like they, they definitely um, stand apart as well. I've really... Huh. So I love Iowa City, first of all, just because I love college towns. They're fun. Um, they've got a lot to offer. I also, so I really loved, I had a trip to Perry, Iowa, um, with Senator Sherrod Brown when he was sort of exploring whether or not he wanted to run for president. And there is a very interesting hotel in Perry, Iowa called the Hotel Pati, where each room is a different theme. And I stayed in the Japan room, but they have a Russia room. They have a French farmhouse room. And it really is just such a, a curious thing that exists in Iowa. Um, so I really loved Perry. I also, um, I love Mason City. In eighth grade, I played the music man in um, my grammar school production of the music man. And to go to Mason City, to get to go to the museum, to get to go to Meredith Wilson's house, that was pretty cool. I went by myself, so that was pretty weird. But um, but yeah, that was pretty awesome too. Favorite place to get coffee in Des Moines? Uh, Horizon Line Coffee. It's right across the street from where I live, and it's, in my opinion, the best coffee, but there are just incredible places to get coffee, so that is a very narrow first place choice. Do you do you have a second? Do you want to throw out some honorable mentions? I really like Scenic Route. I really like St. Kilda. I really like Smoky Row. I really, I mean, you know, 
I'm generally not all that picky when it comes to coffee, although I do prefer it iced at all times, even when it gets really cold. So, and it does get really cold here. I'm sure that you've been informed. Oh yeah, I've had you, uh, you I've left know. it in the car and it's frozen. Uh, so, favorite uh, Des Moines restaurant then? Whew. Um, I really like Alba. Um, Alba's up there. I like 801 when I'm feeling a good steak. Um, but it's probably Alba. And then finally, your favorite memory so far covering uh, this 2020 caucus cycle? Um, I think it's probably Ranch Girl um, back. <laughs> uh, and so that was probably my favorite memory just because it was the funniest and the one that took off more than I expected. Um, so yeah, Ranch Girl. Can you kind of explain that situation yeah, sure. for people that might not know? Of course. So um, I was covering Senator Kirsten Gillibrand. Um, on her second swing through the state, I believe. And we were in Iowa City at the Airliner Bar just across from the University of Iowa. And she was sort of holding court in the bar talking to some voters. And um, this woman walks across the room. Uh, her name is Hannah Kinney. She's a great, great person. <laughs> but um, Senator Kirsten Gillibrand turns to her thinking this is a woman who has a question for her. And Hannah just throws up her hands and goes, sorry, I'm just trying to get some ranch. Yeah. Um, and I think what I liked the most about that and it, 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 I tweeted the video because it was such a funny moment and it went a little viral but um, I there guess there was a ray gun shirt and everything made there was it. a ray gun shirt there is a ray gun shirt I have that ray gun shirt um, I think for me the the funny part of it was that it's so Iowa in that these presidential candidates come through every four years and they grin and they grip and they ask for your vote and they ask you to caucus for them and they're really making the case for why they should be president. And a lot of the time, some of these Iowa people just want to get some ranch, you know? They're at a bar on a Sunday night just, like, doing their thing. And not all, they don't always want to hear a presidential candidate. And anywhere else in the country, I think, if you saw a presidential candidate in a restaurant, you'd stop and listen. But sometimes they're just tired of hearing these presidential candidates sort of interrupt their meal. So that to me, that was sort of a funny, like, only an Iowa moment. And I enjoyed that. And if you've ever had Airliner Ranch, it is phenomenal. It's uh, some of the best ranch in Iowa. So thank you so much. Uh, I, I'm out of questions for you, uh, DJ, but I just really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come and sit down and be on the show. Of course. I'm happy to do it. It's now time for the Meet the Member section of the show. This week, Mallory McQueen steps in. Mallory, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. Uh, so, Mallory, uh, you know how we start these things off. The classic college introduction, name, hometown, major, yada, yada, yada. Maybe Social Security number if you're sure, feeling sure. generous today. Yeah. Um, so, I'm Mallory McQueen, like the race car. I get that joke a lot. Um, yeah, I'm a junior from Sheldon, Iowa, um, little north of Iowa town. I study politics, history, and Spanish here at Drake. And talk to me kind of about your, when you were growing up, what got you interested in politics? What, because, you know, like you said, it's not something that you particularly focus on study wise, but you are very interested in it. Uh, what made you interested in it growing up? Yeah, so when I was younger, I've always really liked American history, like early American history. I'm kind of a nerd. Um, so I was really interested in like the Constitution, that aspect of it. But then when I got to college, you can't really get a job <laughs> based on that. Um, and then I got really interested in politics, like the procedure, like how it relates to constitution, like judiciary, stuff like that. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how I got interested in the politics side of it. And do you know yet what you want to be when you grow up? Um, I'm thinking I want to go to law school. Right now, that's the plan. Um, constitutional law, Native American law, something like that. Um, I don't really know where, 
but yeah, something on the law side. So you, like you mentioned, you're from Iowa, and that's actually uh, kind of a rarity, uh, not only in this class, but at Drake University. You know, a lot of people come from Illinois or out of the state. So you're not experiencing the caucuses for the first time. You're experiencing the first time as a college student, obviously, but you've been around Iowa. Right. How do you think that that changes, changes the way that you go about this class and you go about the work you do in this class? Yeah, so, yeah, I've lived in Iowa my whole life, um, but being in Des Moines is especially different. Like I said earlier, back home is a small town. Um, so I've known about the Iowa caucuses, didn't really understand them, but um, yeah, there's caucus, or, um, candidates all over Iowa, but the closest they really come is about an hour away. Um, so I've never like met any when I was a kid or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, I've always known they were a big deal, always known they were really cool, and I wanted to come to Des Moines so I could like really be a true eye on the caucuses. So I'm really excited for it. So what so far has been the coolest event that you've been able to attend uh, with the class and kind of go to and cover? Um, the LJ dinner was unlike anything I've ever been to, the Liberty and Justice Celebration. Um, it was a couple weeks ago. It was in the Wells Fargo Center, and I've always been there for, like, games and high school and stuff like that, but it was insane. There's, like, fans everywhere. It's packed, and it's, like, a sporting event, but for politics, it's so strange. Um, yeah, so that was, like, really cool, surreal, just go to, like, all the rallies and just meet people. Crazy, crazy fun. Yeah, and, you know, you talk about meeting people, and something that the people that come in from Illinois are just blown away. They always say, oh, Iowans are so nice, or they're mm -hmm. so, you know, they're so informed by the caucuses. That's something, that, you know, I'm from Iowa, too. You know, yeah. we're both from uh, Southeast Iowa. You know, that's something that we, we grew up with. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, you know, moving on, uh, Thanksgiving is coming up, and I was thinking uh, to myself, which candidates would be the best to bring uh, over for family Thanksgiving? And I want you to tell me your top three candidates to share Thanksgiving uh, dinner with this holiday season. Okay, top three. My first, it has to be Andrew Yang. He is one of the most interesting people. Like, I went to um, a youth forum uh, a couple months ago at Roosevelt, and he spoke, and it was so strange for him to just speak to, like, a group of like high school college students because that's where he gets a lot of his like uh, numbers from so that was really weird so I think he's super interesting to hang out with um, Marianne Williamson shout out Avery another I caucus project staffer she <laughs> is our um, expert on her she is super interesting um, seeing their interview and the questions that they asked her um, she would spice things up a little bit and you have to add Donald Trump in there. I mean, that would just... That's quite the three-piece yeah. for Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. You can have some really good conversations there. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, each, one, each, each three of those candidates, Trump, Yang, and mm -hmm. uh, Marianne Williamson, are going to bring something different to the table. Yeah, for sure. What do you think Trump is bringing to the, to the Thanksgiving dinner uh, as in terms of like a, a side dish? You know, I don't think he's bringing anything. <laughs> I think he's bringing his personality and his Twitter, and that's all he needs to bring. That's true. That's Maybe McDonald's. Maybe McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe a burger or two. So talk to me kind of about your role within the caucus project. Uh, you are kind of our, you're the editor-in-chief. Mm -hmm. You know, you, may, you, you make sure everything that goes on the, the website uh, is, is edited properly and mm -hmm. has proper grammar. Um, first off, I'm sorry uh, if I ever <laughs> submit anything full of, full of uh, grammar no, no, no. mistakes that make your job harder. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yes, yeah, so I'm the editor along with Morgan. Um, we get all the blogs brought in, um, edit them, make sure they're right grammatically. Grammatically, oh, that didn't sound good for me. Um, and yeah, that they flow well, have great ideas, um, original content, and stuff like that. Yeah, so it's really fun to. So I get to like see what everyone's experiences are like. I'm like just reading my own blogs. Um, 
Yeah, so it's been really fun. So you personally, what what blog that you've written have you been the most proud of or you had the best time writing? Um, I don't know. There's so many good ones. I There was one for the second debate, I think. Um, I was in the Drake Dems. They had a watch party. And Yang had called um, Donald Trump the worst president or like the some word, the worst president of all time. Um, and some girl from across the room, I didn't know who she was. It was dark. She said, um, no, Andrew Jackson. And I was like, yeah, that's, yeah, true. Um, so I wrote a little about that. I thought it was funny. Uh, but yeah, there's some really good stuff on there. Everyone should check it out. So, Mallory, uh, if we want to catch any more of your content that you'll be producing for the Iowa Caucus Project, where, where can we find that? Um, definitely check out the blogs. They're sweet. Um, my Twitter is not like politically active but it's pretty funny i think it's like mallory underscore mcqueen or something like that but yeah definitely check out iowa cox project well that's good mallory thank you so much uh for yeah, sitting sure. in and i really appreciate you agreeing to be on the show yeah thanks for having me. uh coming up next we have the calendar of events it's now time for the calendar of events section of the show the part of the show where i tell you when and where the candidates are going to be around the des moines area for the upcoming weekend and the following week uh, so we'll get started on Friday, November 22nd at 5.45 p.m. Joe Biden will have a town hall at the Madison County Fairgrounds in Winterset, Iowa. The doors open at 5.15 and they ask you to register online. Uh, additionally, another Joe Biden event is going to take place Saturday, November 23rd at 9.30 a.m. at Curate. I'm sorry if that's the wrong pronunciation, but uh, that's my best guess. Uh, he's doing a community event there. Uh, doors open at 9 a.m. for the event at 9.30 on Saturday, November 23rd at Curate in Des Moines. Um, also on Saturday, November 23rd, Steve Bullock will have a meet and greet at the Madison County Historical Society in Winterset. Uh, that's going to take place at 6 p.m. Steve Bullock will also be around on Sunday, November 24th at 11 a.m. Uh, he has a house party at the home of Deb and Craig Hansen. Uh, directions for those for that can be that's in Johnston, Iowa, and directions to the home can be found online. And finally, wrapping up the week on Monday, November 25th at 6:15 p.m. Elizabeth Warren will be at the Val Air Ballroom in West Des Moines for a town hall. Doors open for that event at 4:45. Thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, we will be taking off next week to celebrate the Thanksgiving holiday, but we will be back the following week. So, uh, from the Iowa Caucus Project to you, have a happy Thanksgiving, and we will see you in two weeks.